No, I am not. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh. See, I said that two and a half minutes ago. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Charge Shot Gamescast. I am your host, Ben, a.k.a. The Marvelous Iggy, and joining me is the Catman himself, Justin. Catman do? And joining... Joining Kathmandu, um, that's a place where you want to do if you want to do some serious drugs, as far as I know, um, like psychedelic drugs. Uh, and joining me is the king cool. of games himself, Tyler. Still the king of all games. Don't have a clever uh, metaphor for this week. I am burnt out. No, it's meant you know, king of a child's card game. Anyways, um, who's people? Who's, who's starting people that shit meta again? Ticket, uh, one v one I have bro. and I've lost. Oh, OTK I know. the shit we, out of you. There's a twist yeah. of that. So we've we've been down that road. Remember when you said that you weren't going to die any in a in a kids yeah, game? That's and also Twitch clip too. Died like five yeah, times. That, it was. Yeah. So. Here's a bowl of your words. I yeah. want you to eat these. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Um, that's fucked up. Sorry. No. Um, you you go you fuckers don't know who Dream is, right? Y'all don't y'all you have heard of this guy? I've seen some clips today, yeah, but no, I don't know who yeah. it is. I'm learning. This show could be lost. Um, uh, it won't be lost on the audio version, but I'm planning to do a face reveal myself. And it's just going to be, uh, you know how Scorpion pulls off his mask and it's just like a yeah. flame skull? Mm-hmm. That's going to be yeah. my face reveal. Like I don't. I have nothing against the guy outside of the allegations that are out there against him. Go look them up. They're out there, if you will. Um, but people are fucked up that they were saying, put the mask back on and he's ugly. He's... Uh, listen, if he wanted to give me, uh, you know, a blowjob at the, after a long Comic Con, I'd say, yeah, he's handsome enough. Fuck it, he's a nice looking guy. Leave him alone. Fuck him. Fuck him up for other legitimate shit, not for his his how he looks. Um, I mean, you can give a blowjob with the mask on. That's uh, all I'm not with his mask. It's like solid and shit. Yeah. Oh, I don't. I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't he's know mostly, who he is. I was picturing like a like a paper bag no, with a hole no, no, in it. He's mostly. His audience is mostly kids, and that's not a good thing. Anyways, we are not targeted for kids. Mm. We are a char- we are the Charge of the Gamescast. We are a weekly video game podcast dedicated to games we've been playing and news we've written. It's officially fall, uh, and I think all of us are feeling uh, a fall-like experience weather. But uh, let's go to you, Justin, Mr. Flannel Man yourself. That's how I know it's fall, because you have the flannel on. Just just show off the, the sleeping baby yeah. back Aww, there. Aw, pobrecito. Yeah. He's, he's like, now that we let him back downstairs, you know, supervised, he always wants to be in here with me. Um, anyway, I have, I haven't been playing anything super exciting, I'll be honest. Um, but I will start with saying that the, the new, did I talk about, uh, I think I did talk about Shovel Knight Dig last week, didn't I? Yeah, you did. You did, yeah. Okay. I, d- I didn't realize that it had already been out for a week. Um, it's Because you were saying, oh, people really don't like it. So I was thinking it was like more recent yeah. than that. But, um, so I have spent some more time with it. I Like I said, I, I changed the accessibility settings to give myself some more health and things like that. And there's still some frustrating stuff in there. Uh, so I I, th- I thought I reached a milestone and was like super proud of myself because I got down through the like the whole mushroom mines whatever it's called and beat the um, the mushroom knight or spore knight I guess is, is he's called um, so I beat the first boss essentially in the game and moved on to the next area um, 
got a little ways in there, it was like immediately like ramped up difficulty, like all kinds of new stuff to deal with, and died. Um, went back in, and it started me at the beginning of the mushroom mines again. And I was like, "Are you kidding me? Like you have to basically beat this entire game in one run? That can't be right." Like, I assumed that was a checkpoint, you know, after you beat each oh, like shit, set of levels. But that's still extreme for a roguelike, I think. Um, because it usually maybe, at least like kind of ramps you into it. May as well be playing Dig Dug, uh, my friend. I mean, uh. Hades is pretty long, from what I remember. Yeah, and it it just gets easier so. after you like upgrade yourself. I, yeah, they they can be yeah. I still haven't felt that sense of like upgrade progression. I think that's what's holding me back. Because it's like, I do a run, and I don't really have anything to show for it. Right. So, it like, the point of a roguelike is the the beginning parts of the game get easier because you get stronger with each run. But not, I'm not getting not that. Not always. Not all good roguelikes do that, but, like, Isaac, Binding of Isaac, the, the titular one, you start off at zero every time. So, it's not always a thing. Hmm. Good roguelikes, modern roguelikes do that, but it's not necessarily a thing that every roguelike has to have. That's fair. Well, I don't like that system, is the point. But I do enjoy playing the game, so it's tough. Like, I'm trying to do a few runs every now and then, but it's just like... I don't like feeling like I'm not making any progress. There's other games I could play and make progress in. So, it's a bit of a bummer. Um, I was really excited for this game. And admittedly, I didn't realize how how much of a roguelike it was before launch. Um, I thought it was more of just, like you are essentially playing like a vertical version of, of Shovel Knight um, with like procedurally generated levels but it's not really what I thought it was um, so yeah, kind of disappointing but aside from that uh, it's been a lot more business as usual um, I'm still kind of grinding away at a bunch of random different games on my Odin um, actually yesterday I did kind of a like an emulation showcase of the thing um, that I'm still editing and, and working on because it's very long. Um, but I just wanted to show off the device in, in my own way um, because a lot of other people do that. It tends to be successful videos. So I was like, let me do my janky version of it. Um, but yeah, so a lot of the games I've, I've been playing still are like Pokemon Ultra Sun. Um, nothing crazy new there. Uh I I don't remember what Pokemon I had last time, but my I think my favorite like new addition, um, I have an Inke uh, that I named Jellyfish, but like P H I S H. Oh. You know the evolution for uh, Inke? You have to have your 3DS upside down when it's at level thirty. Yeah, I know. I think there's a way to simulate that in More the emulator. Likely, yeah. Um. Okay. Because, like, on the on the DS emulator, there's, like, a, a thing to let you close it and, like, simulate the noise and different things like that. So I'm pretty sure the 3DS emulator also has ways to kind of, you know, deal with those gimmicks. But, if nothing else, um, the Odin does have the uh, gyro support. So theoretically, I could turn it upside down and it would register. Are you telling me that you could actually do the Sonic Lost World 3DS special stages as if they were intended? Oh, boy. Sure. I don't know. All I know is, like, like I got the camera or whatever in Ultra Sun, 
and like I was going to take a picture of the Pikachu or whatever that you run into as the tutorial, and like I was using the stick to move around, but I kind of accidentally like moved the system, and it kicked in the gyro aiming, and I was like, oh, that's neat. <laughs> I had no idea. Um, but that's actually my preferred way to aim in the uh, the Zelda 3D games. Um, I I don't know. It was so, it felt way more precise on 3DS. So when I get around to playing those, it'll be nice to have the gyro aiming. Um, and maybe I'll dabble with some games like the you know Wii versions of Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword if I can use that for like motion pointer. I don't I don't know how you map it. But um, anyway. So yeah, I'm playing Ultra Sun, and I, I really like my Inke name. I think it's super, uh, super clever because the whole point of Inke is like, it's it's like kind of a, it it, it tricks you, like it lures you in, um, and like poisons you or whatever. So it's it's a jellyfish. Um, it's a topsy turvy yeah. jelly boy. Yeah, and then um, I have a slowpoke that's just named Bro. Yeah. Sometimes it's the simple things. Um, but yes, yeah, so aside from that, um, still grinding away at Link Between Worlds. Uh, I am inside the Temple of Gales or whatever it's called. I don't um, even I couldn't tell you the temple's names in the Link Between Worlds. It's like, so basically you do the first temple, like the Eastern right. Palace, uh, where you get the, uh, the ability to go flat. And then you have two t- two other dungeons that open up that you can do the whichever one Tower you want. Of Hera and then um, I never remember the other one. Yeah, it's the temp- Temple of Gales or some something like something along those lines. Um, Gale yeah. So I'm doing that one um, again. Nothing really to report. I'm just I really like that game. Uh, let's see. I was playing Mega Man Battle Network, the first mm-hmm. one. The but I got to a point in it where, like, I, I forget in that game that, like, the only time you save is when you, you know, manually save. And sometimes, like, when you finish a mission, you'll go to bed and it'll ask you to save before you go to bed. Um, but, like, most games, I'm just so used to autosave. I don't even yeah. think about it. Um, <laughs> or at the very least, I, I save state regularly. Uh, but despite it being mapped to a quick key, I haven't been doing that. Just, you don't th- so every time I play the... Yeah. I know. Every time I play the Battle Network games, like... I have some issue where I lose a ton of progress, and I'm like, nope, yeah. I'm done. And um, this time, this one was the, uh, it's a section with Number Man. Number Man? Um, so, like, you, yeah, it's really dumb. I hit, It's not a good section wow. anyway. And then the fact that I lost all the progress, like, if I'm not doing, I'm not doing really Number Man again. Um, it probably wasn't who did that. And it's... It's the first Watch game, too. What's the next too. Mega Man villain be called Con Man? <laughs> Um, but it's actually like it's it's it looks like a plane and it's voiced by Nicolas Cage. It's actually Con Air Man. <laughs> Put the bunny back in the box. Would would love that. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Anyway, there's a section where like you go to class and um, there's like a substitute teacher and the substitute teacher like locks down the classroom and it's like ha 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 I fooled you and you have to like you know jack into the net and go after him. And he's like rearranged the like the school's network or whatever, so like nothing connects to where the way it's supposed mm-hmm. to. And you're just like wrapping around this whole section. It's not well laid out, and there's all these dumb like just really easy number puzzles um, that you have to switch back to land 
And 23 like, is number one. Kind of. Honestly, kind of. There's one where like you have to count the number of chairs in the in the classroom because that's the password. And so like it switches over to land and you're just like, okay, there's like nine chairs in here. Cool. <laughs> you go back in, put in nine, and it's like, yeah, that was it! And it's like, what is this? A game for kindergartners that are learning how to read? I mean, like, come on. I mean, <laughs> probably. Uh, probably. Um... This sounds like a less exciting version of the musical chairs boss fight and no more. I, I look forward to playing this when the Battle Network collection comes out next year. Yeah, the first one's a little rough. It's like you can tell um, the lessons they learned from that one and, and the next games. Although I do like that in the first one, um, you actually do heal after every battle. Uh, they took that away after this one. Um, and that's been kind of tripping me up in two because... I keep forgetting that, like, I can't just, you know, Leroy Jenkins it, uh, because I will end the, I will, I will go back out with the same amount of health I had when I finished the battle, and that's dangerous sometimes, because um, the first Everyone one I'm wants you reckless. To take a big old swing and get good. Right, the first one I play reckless, and I'm just like, whatever, it doesn't matter how much damage I take. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, that was also my problem, because like I said, I got through that whole section, beat Number Man. It was really dumb. Um, he literally like attacks you with numbers and, Ones and zeros. Uh, it's like he like spits these balls at you that have numbers on them, and like that's the amount of like uh, damage you have to do to the ball in order to destroy it. It's it's not good. Um, and then I was just like screwing around, like doing you know random battles and stuff, and wasn't paying attention. Um, and like this, this random battle that I was like, you know, t- trying to tank through killed me. Oof. And it goes back to the, the start screen and load game. And it drops me back to the last time I took it. I went to sleep, which was like after the, the fireman section, like the first section of the game. So I had to do the whole number man section and all that again. And I'm like, nope, moving on. <laughs> like my goal was to play through all six games in order, but no, not happening. Chief. <laughs> no. The first one's not good enough to deal with that again. Um, so I moved on to two, and I'm really appreciating a lot of the quality of life features. Like, whenever you pick your chip data, um, it's there's a lot more information on the screen, so you're not, like, constantly looking around of, like, okay, which, which other one has the same letter as this so I can send them both at the same time? It's, like, all of that is just on there visually, so you know which ones you can or can't select together. Um... And then, like, if you, when you select a letter, it, like, um, grays out everything that you can't select with it. Whereas the first one, like, you just have to figure it out. Um, and it takes a lot longer to send the chip data, and you just end up swimming through menus for the five chips you have. So, yeah, the, the battle system is quite a bit more streamlined. Um, there's new abilities and things like that in there. Um, like I said, the only downside is now you have to heal yourself after battle. Um, but that kind of adds some tension. You know, you have to be more strategic in battle. Um, I don't hate it. I'm just... I, I miss the <laughs> the system for the first game. Um, but yeah, I'm not super far into it. Um, but I do like already how better laid out the net is. Like, it, it feels like there's a lot less, like, wasted space. Um, so you spend less time just, like, getting in random battles because you don't remember which way you went, you know? Um, and I'm trying to think of other like big games I've been playing. Um, 
and I left it upstairs, so I, I don't, I, I can't reference right now. Um, I was mad this morning because I was going to take it to work, and I was super tired, so I had my, my lunch and that, and walked out the door, and then I realized that I didn't actually grab my lunch bag, I was just, like, holding, like, the Tupperware with oh, my food no. in it, <laughs> and I was like, what is wrong with me? So I put the, the Odin down, went back inside, put everything in my lunchbox, came back out, left the Odin on my front porch. Wow. Oh, dear. I was like, are you kidding me? So I had my wife bring it back inside. But yeah, I didn't have it today to play with. So I'm like, I'm a little rusty on what I've been playing recently. Um, it's been a, it's been a rough few weeks. Um, I'm like just burnt out, I think. I feel you, man. Um but yeah, I don't know. I, I can't. I can't think of anything offhand really that I want to talk about. Um, I've just kind of been piddling in a lot of different things. Um, I did get. Uh, I after last stream when we couldn't get uh, Metroid Prime Two working correctly because uh, I screwed up and tried to use cheats and broke the game. Um, we ended up just doing like a randomizer stream, playing you know whatever random games, and so I did some Bomberman Hero, which I love. Not enough people know about that game. It's so good. Um, and it kind of sent me down the rabbit hole of, like, Bomberman games. So, I downloaded the other, like, the Bomberman 64 games, and the whole lineup of SNES games, which we only got two of the Super Bomberman games back in the day. Um, the third one was, uh, Europe only, I think, and four and five were only in Japan. Um, but they have English patches, because it's Bomberman, there's not a lot of text. Um, so I set up SNES emulation on this thing so I could get all the Bomberman games as well as a few other things like um, the 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 Soul Razor trilogy um, or Soul Blazer, sorry. Soul Blazer. Uh, it's Soul Blazer, um, uh, Terranigma, and I forget the other one. The middle game. Risk. I always want to say Act Razor, but it's not Act Razor. Um, but like, they don't have, none of them have the same names, so it's it's confusing to know how, how they're connected. But I played them once, like, as a kid, you know, when I was emulating SNES and never got back to them. Uh, because we never, we only got Soul Blazer and it sold terribly. Um, so the other two, like, were English translated Illusion later. Of Gaia? Um, yes. Yes. Okay. So yeah, it goes Soul Blazer, Illusion of, Illusion of Gaia, and then Terra Nigma. Um, those three games are all connected in, like, a, really? a loose no trilogy. Idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're all um, so I wanted to play through those oh. again because uh, I don't really remember them that well, and I remember them being kind of like like Zelda meets Secret of Mana type gameplay. Oh, um, I'm thinking of a different game, and I really liked it at the time. But yeah, I wanted to go back to them, and then I got a few other things like uh, Blood or Bahamut Lagoon. Um, I got that confused with Blood of Bahamut, which was another game that never came over here, but that's on DS. Um, Bahamut Lagoon was an early Square RPG, or strategy RPG, um, that I remember like emulating once uh, in, in Japanese, because they didn't have an English translation yet. And it was really cool, but I didn't know what was happening. Um, so I, I saw that there was a new English translation that actually is like really well done. Um, so I grabbed that again. And it's a... it's kind of a um it's a bit of a tough strategy rpg to identify uh because you are like passively controlling dragons while actively controlling your characters 
Um, but the dragons kind of like do their own thing. You just kind of control their AI as far as like, you know, come to me and they'll like move over to where you are and then randomly attack the closest enemy to you. Um, or you can have them like wait. So they stay where they are to keep them out of, out of danger or, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, while you also, your, um, your party members can do their own attacks. Uh, but it's got some really neat stuff in it. Um, I feel like that's one that would do well with a remake. Um, kind of a, you know, live alive situation where like we never really got it. So a lot of people would think it's a new game and I think it would sell well because it's about dragons and visually it looks great. It's kind of got that like Final Fantasy VI art mm. style, like that late SNES, you know, really like detailed pixel art. Um, nice animations, super detailed backgrounds, all that stuff. Um, yeah, so I played a little bit of that just to kind of see how the English translation worked and the tutorial and stuff. Since, like I said, I, I couldn't really play it before. Um, I was just pushing buttons, not knowing what was happening. Um, but, yeah, a lot of it's just been set up stuff. Um, getting my N64 games working... Uh, making sure SNES runs well, like, with, you know, the English translation patches and things like that. Um, yeah. Uh, my Diablo Immortal clan, um, we finally uh, went, we finally lost our Immortal reign yesterday. Um, we kind of phoned it in. Like, it, it, was, it had been like seven weeks. Uh, literally, we would have had to win every battle against the enemies in order to keep the reign. And it's a lot of work to be an immortal, like just the amount of things you have to do each day um, just to like, you know, get the credit for your uh, for your activities. There's a lot more than like the shadows or the adventures clans. So all of us were kind of just ready to to call it a day. <laughs> um, so we had already decided like on the off chance that we actually win every battle, like we're still going to try, of course. But on the off chance that we actually won, we would just secede our reign and go back to Shadow anyway. Um, but we ended up losing. Um, not without putting up a fight, but we did lose. So I'm kind of relieved. I was like this close to just quitting the game because I was like, I I don't have time to do anything of my own. It's all just like whatever the, you know, what the, the immortal dailies and then I'm done. Like, I don't have time for anything else. Um so now I can actually, like, enjoy the game at my leisure again. I don't feel the need to, like, log in every day, multiple times a day to to get all the things you have to do. Because um, I was splitting my time between that and the Odin, like, you know, what in my, in my uh, handheld gaming time. S- except for this morning when I only had Diablo. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I didn't feel that push to, like, entertain myself with my phone because I had this other thing that I wanted to play also. Um, so. I don't know where I was going with that, but that's pretty much all I got. I'm just kind of rambling. Uh, I honestly haven't been playing a lot this week. I haven't had a lot of motivation to like play anything for an extended period of time. You know, my work schedule is a bit of a bitch like that, but it is what it is. I did kind of have the resurgence to play Blaze Brew Cross Tag Battle again. Uh, partly because there's a new Ruby show that's out, and there are Ruby characters in that game, so 
eh, fuck it. I'm just gonna pick this game up again. And I haven't played the uh, extra story mode that they added in. And uh, that game's still really fun. Um, the Steam version literally just added rollback netcode to the game. So I'll probably get it via that one. I currently only have it on Switch as of this recording. So hopefully there will be many first attends via that game. Because Cross Tag Battle is actually pretty fun. Yeah, Lowe's free. Lie. I gifted him the game. I got him for Christmas last year. <laughs> Oh, sick. Aside from that, uh, i just been uh, fiddling around in Master Duel a bit more. The new season just uh, started up, and uh, I think now is the time to uh, change up my uh, main deck, which is Dark Magicians. And uh, just to keep up with the times, I added a bit of a new strategy to it. Uh, so... The big tech card um, that I added in is a little card called The Fallen of Albaz, which you can see here in the video version. Uh, basically, the deal with this card is when you summon this dude, you can pretty much fusion summon using it along with any of your opponent's monsters, and it can go into some crazy fusion plays. And another crazy card in this deck, uh, which goes hand-in-hand -hand with Fallen of Albaz, is a card called Branded Fusion, which lets you fusion summon with uh, cards that are also in your deck instead of just in your field in hand, which is that sounds broken. Nuts. And it's it's meta breaking in all honesty, especially if it goes into shit like this Mirror Jade the Ice Blade Dragon, which can banish monsters even on your opponent's turn. It's crazy, and combine that with the Dark Magicians who flow pretty nicely with the branded package. It's pretty um, it's pretty high in the tier list when it comes to Yu-Gi-Oh decks, only falling behind to Flu Wanderies, which is a common archetype that you'll find in the Ranked Master Duel. And if you don't know what those are, they're a bunch of birds that pretty much um, make it so that you don't play the game. Uh, that's pretty much all I have. It's This hasn't been a very exciting week, in all honesty. Yeah. I've been editing a lot, again, so that doesn't leave me much time for games. True. I've also been uh, working on uh, the script for the next Tire Shoes review, so there was that also. Um. Well, today I beat Live Live, uh, the, uh, re the full-on remake of the SNES classic that we never got that Justin mentioned earlier. And I'll talk about this because last week I had... Uh, I had beaten at the at the last week's show. I have beat I had beaten the prehistoric chapter, which is my least favorite chapter. It's charming, but it's really hard to get through because a lot of it, it there's no dialogue. It's all uh, uh, you know. Grunts as I said last week, but cleared that. I I had no. Uh, I've been watching our buddy uh, TBG um, play it off like every now and then because I didn't want to be spoiled, and I'm glad I didn't because. I'm about to spoil Live a Live for you, so if you don't want to have Live a Live spoiled for you, you might want to tune out to the news section, just FYI. So. It's been two so months, It's guys. actually not that long of an RP. <laughs> At least it's, it would, like, I only took this long because Xenoblade 2 came out. Otherwise, it probably would have been done, like, within three weeks, in all honesty. It's not that long of a game. Um, even with the final scenario, um, and going through all the super bosses, and finding all the rare weapons, and defeat, and getting the best ending. Anyways. Um, but, uh, I, after you beat the seven main stories in whatever order you want, you unlock a new story chapter, this time titled The Middle Ages. I'm like, okay, I wasn't expecting that. And this version you play as a character whose default name is Ostred. Um, and 
it's like every other game uh, in every other chapter in this game it kind of it's like a unique spin on doing it in a JRPG like telling a story so like the ninja you were it was more of a Metal Gear game the um uh like the uh, the cowboy was like a tower defense day where you're saving this town and stuff like that. It was it was trying to do individual things with inside it with turn-based combat, like the the the, the, the robotic spear one. That's a survival horror game for all intents and purposes, or a horror game within a JRPG. This one, this final one, is very much just a straight up RPG um, where you play as a, you're, you're play, you play as main character or straight, and you are in the finals of a tournament to win uh, Lady Lucrezia's hand in marriage. Um, you fight against a, a wizard, or I'm going to call him a sorcerer because that sounds better, sorcerer named uh, Strangbow. Um, it's you know pretty easy fight, and uh, you win you win Lucrezia's hand in marriage. She reluctantly takes your hand because she has no choice. And as soon as she takes your hand and takes, like, accepts you, I will love you and we will rule the kingdom, whatever, whatever, whatever. The fucking Lord of Dark shows up. I'm like, oh, this bitch again. Um, and he kidnaps Lady Lucrezia, so you already, you know, typical standard JRPG plot. So then you uh, are tasked with finding Lady Lucrezia, your fiancé, and destroying the Lord of Dark. And so you, uh, Strainbow is kind of lurking outside the castle like a, like a weirdo. Like, hey, dude, we can help each other. Like, so he comes on with you. So automatically you have a knight and you have a, you have a, you have a, uh, he's a red mage because he can do, actually no, he's a black mage. He doesn't have, he doesn't have healing magic. So you have a black mage and a, and a, and a, war, and a knight. <clears throat> then you go find uh, your white mage, who's this old man, um, and he's like, we need to find the the original hero. And um, so you find out that the original hero who, who supposedly slayed the, the, the Lord of Dark way back when is alive, but he's been sequestered uh, since then, um, and he's basically like a shell of his former self. Well, he learns um, after talking after some talking to, uh, he learns about the Lord of Dark, and he mourns the loss of his friends, and he basically joins you. And he's pretty much your berserker class, like you know the big guy with the big sword. And so now you have your party. It's very traditional turn based. You, you have you even have, like in other games you don't have random encounters. This whole area, this king, the king, this kingdom area, it's all random encounters. Like like it, the, luckily the encounter rate is not horrible because that would have pissed me off. But the encounter rate is pretty uh, pretty good. So you make your way through the dungeon, through the Archon Rest, and you finally make it. And one thing you will notice as you get into the rest, you will find statues of all seven bosses that you had killed before. I'm like, wait a minute. That's weird. If you haven't paid attention, there's a reason for that. So you see all the statues of the bosses. You walk, can't do anything. You walk past it, and you fight the Lord of Dark. Megalovania starts playing, which again I will officially state that's the best boss fight music of all time. Don't at me; I will not take any questions at this time. It's the best. It's nothing gets your heart pumping than than uh, Megalovania just dropping, um, and then like you're in the fight. So it's a pretty easy fight for all intents and purposes. Live Live is not a hard game um, if you know, like if you have some knowledge of JRPGs. It's not really hard at all. It's not meant to be that. And you fight. You you realize like, wait a minute. Where's Lady Lucrezia? And the sage comes to the realization that this was not the Lord of Dark. This was a puppet. So the question is, where the fuck is the Lord of Dark? And where is Lady Lucrezia? And like you, they, they cut. They, there was like scene in some where's in the some cave somewhere where she is like crying out for help. So you go back to the kingdom and like it's a hollow victory. Yada yada yada. 
on your as you, by the way as you're leaving um the cave is starting to like the the the, the room you were entered is seemingly co- collapsing in and you're trying to run out Strainbow is seemingly uh killed uh because he like he shoves you through the door and he's like you can hear him like groan as uh, the door's closed so he's resumed dead so you come back it's a hollow victory you don't you technically you killed something but you didn't kill the lord of dark and your girlfriend such the princess of the kingdom is missing you take a nap you wake up all of a sudden you see strainbow there and this is where it gets fucking this chapter's dark this is where it gets fucking dark and like for a 1995 JRPG game that came out in uh, a JRPG that came out in 1995 because again the only thing new here is the translation the context is still it's from the original game so you see strainbow walk out of your room like wait a minute I saw you die or did I am I dreaming all those typical things are running in your game because you not really know because it kind of feels like ethereal you walk into the main uh, chambers and you see the Lord of Dark just there just 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 chilling there and you fight him and you somehow kill him in one hit like okay this is really weird what is going on the illusion disappears you did not kill the Lord of Dark you just killed the king you were tricked somehow into killing the king so as you killed the king and you're coming to the realization that you just killed your father-in-law or upcoming father-in-law the minister of the kingdom comes in sees you bloody sword dead king and like all and now pretty much calls you a betrayer uh you know liar and then says and then starts calling him we were deceived this this is the lord of dark he calls you, he calls you, the main character you've been playing as Lord of Dark. Then all the knights come in, they start saying the same shit. You're about to be arrested until the sage comes in saying, No, he's not. Stop it, you idiots. It's a trick. It's a trick. I don't know what to believe at this point. So you get out of there. You're wandering around the kingdom. You know where to go. The game does not tell you where to go. The game is very open in this sense. So you're supposed to go to the village. And earlier you met a little a family with a boy. And um, they are like... He's like a huge hero of you, but the family finds out what you did, and um, they're scared of you. They're terrified of you. They're like, you, you're the Lord of Dark, and so now he has this. He's pretty much been. You go back to that. You go back to the kingdom um, to reclaim your weapons and to talk to the sage. You get arrested. The sage sacrifices himself to get you out of jail. You finally go back to the Archon's rest because you think, hey. The Lord Dark's got to be there somewhere, right? So you, to rectify your name, the whole kingdom hates you. The villagers hate you. You are despised, not by choice. So you you go there. You find a secret entrance uh, to this to, that leads to, deeper into this cavern and into the mountain peak. And there, it's like, okay, what's going on? And there, it's where we find Strainbow alive and well. And it turns out... He's not the Lord of Dark. I need to stress that right now. But he, he was, he wanted to win the tournament initially to to find to wed Lady Lucrezia's hand in marriage, and it seems like both Lady Lucrezia and him had like a thing for each other. That's why she, Lady Lucrezia was kind of reluctant to be with you. Like she didn't want to be with you. She wanted to be with Strainbow. So you and Strainbow have this epic fight. It's a really good fight. You kill him. Literally, you see his blood come out of him as he's, like, struggling. It's, like, all this and that. And then out of this little, like, top of the mountain, like, just right next to it, 
comes out later to Crescia and she pretty much confess like she she saw what you did. She saw that you killed him with no issue and pretty much damns you damns you for killing your father her father, damns you for killing her lover, and she takes her own life in front of you. So both your former friend and your soon to be wife, even though uh, are now both dead at your feet. The whole again, the whole kingdom hates you, and he like most of the characters are silent protagonists with like a few exceptions in this game. So he pretty much has a mental breakdown. He's like, if the kingdom hates me, they all hate me. I'm all alone. I will renounce all titles except one, the Lord of Dark, and he's like engulfed in darkness. And he base they basically manufactured what would become the entity that is the villain for this entire thing and it's basically hate given human it's it's like hate given human form for all intents and purposes that needs a host body to operate in these different eras um hate leads to I mean, anger it's, it's, it, anger leads to suffering uh, it's that's true George you know George Luke that's as people want to give shit to Luke's writing that thing is very that that's a very profound piece of writing right there so, after you... D- it's so profound, they reused it at the end of Final yeah, Fantasy IX. I, uh, oh, I, they also used it in Princess Which, that came out beforehand. Oh. But, um, 97. Did Princess Mokunin was 97. We didn't get it to 99, but in Japan it was in 97. So, But wasn't wasn't the, the Star Wars line from the original no. trilogy? Phantom Menace. No, it was from Phantom Menace. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you had like three things around that same time all yeah. used to that. But uh, so after crazy. you defeat that and again that's it's a very like downer chapter. Like it's a very much kick in the balls, like what? And so basically every single boss you fight has been the entity of hate basically oozing out through time. And sort of like each year each hero that you've come across has been like that champion for that age to fight that that, that, that villain. Uh, the, this version of this uh, of hate. So now you unlock the final chapter, which is basically the bitch. It's time to assemble the Avengers. This story is too big. You pick one character out of the seven to be your main character. So doesn't matter who you pick one, and then you have to find. You don't have to. I don't think you have to. It's probably a challenge run. You can beat it by yourself. But uh, then uh, you're dropped into that original kingdom where. You were just in, and you pretty much have to go around the map, find... Um, the game will tell you where to go to certain points, but find the other heroes. You can have a team of four. If you want the best ending, you need to find everybody and put them in your team at least once. Um, and so I, I did that. You don't have to have them like with you all the time, just, or 11-1. You just need to have, have met them. You just need to have met them, put them in your party. And also, each character has a trial that you can do to get their super weapon. I did them all. Most of them are not problemsome. They're not. The hardest one was the Sundown Kid, who was my character. He's the cowboy. But the point is, the best part of this chapter is the character's meeting. Because it's so cool. Because I picked the Sundown Kid, and he's the cowboy, and he's like, he's on his fucking 19th century, you know, cowboy poncho, fucking six-shooter, first random encounter. It's, it's, it's how pretty much talks. And, like, all of a sudden, he's surrounded by, like, knights. And I'm just taking my six-shooter. And it's like that. And the first <laughs> character, more than likely, you're going to meet is going to be 
uh, this the the Sifu uh, from the uh, Imperial China chapter, one of three students can be this character. So I won't say who I picked. Um, and like it's every meeting is very much like a comic book ending, unless you have a certain character. A comic book started unless you have a certain character with you, uh, where like they're like, "Who are you? What are you doing here?" and fight, and then you're like, "You know what? You're you're not from here. We should work together." And it's just cool, like to like this is what I feel like Octopath people wanted Octopath to be. Where, granted, they don't talk much, but it's just really cool in battle. Like I had, like in my final party, I had the cowboy, the ninja, the sifu, and then I had oh god, and then I had Akira, who's like basically like this. He's like an anime protect psychic psychic power hero, and it was just like really cool to be able to because like in some of these chapters you don't really get a lot of time to use their abilities. Like the sundown kid, his chapter's really really short, but here it's like it's hilarious. Because he's just using six shooters to like kill these demonic things and like entities across time. It's hilarious, but it's so cool. And I'm gonna save the world with the power of anime. Exactly. And his his <laughs> like wild his arms. Ultimate gun weapon is a 44 Magnum. I shit you not. Um, it's it's really cool. So how are they all brought so together? Is there like a time compression basically, thing? Basically, um, you only see it from one perspective, whichever character. Pretty much, um, it's like. At the end of whenever it, it cuts back to whenever you beat the boss in the in that chapter, all of a sudden you hear you'll hear a gong and like you'll hear the Lord of Dark talk to you, and he basically takes you. And next thing you know, you're in the void. You're walking and you see like uh, all the bosses you fight like in pictures underneath you, and you're just dropped into it. Mm. So at the same time, they're basically transported to this dimension. They're picked on purpose from the, because of Lord of Dark. Um, to brought to this world. So that's how they meet. That's that's and, and again, yeah. And gotcha. the connection is is that um, the villain. The, the the connection is is that the the villains are all have OD in their name in some way or another. Um, and I didn't notice that until TBG told me. It's like look, like I can ask him like, what's the connection with this? There's got to be one. And he goes, look at the bosses' uh, names you fight. Um, like OD One Lee. Um, the robot has fights like OD Zero Zero One. It's it's all that, and 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 D. so you you, f- it's it's really cool because then like, um you you only get the best ending. You fight the Lord of Dark once, and you can actually encounter uh, a super boss if, uh, during during this if you just uh, if you ignore him the first time around, and you leave and don't fight him at all. A super boss will come out of nowhere and fight you. Uh, that is really really hard, which I did, and that shit was annoying. But I did it. I did kill. I killed all the super bosses. I got all the weapons. I got the best ending. It was amazing. Um, I I want to I want to replay it at some point. Uh, next time I play it fully, it'll probably be on stream because the longest part of this game is the final chapter. It's getting everything, and you don't even have to get everything. Like, um, in all honesty, I did it just because it it's just all right there. Um, and it, like, some things you might want to use a guide for, just, like, I would advise you, use a guide for the final area, please, don't, just do it, because that, that'll, that could hinder, I think that could hinder your enjoyment, I don't think, I don't think you would have a less fun time, but there's something cool about, like, like, um, knowing, like, okay, get the characters to this level, or, um, getting this weapon, um, to, like, basically max out everything, you basically nuke everything, for instance, the Sundown Kid, his, uh, max, his, at level 16, um, which that's their best move comes at level 16. So you don't need to be that high level. Like 
the game, the, the guides say maybe in like your mid twenties at most, and you'll get that through gr- just playing, just fighting, not even grinding, just because of how far you have to move. But it was a cool experience. Uh, this game was, um, and like just how tragic. The I wish I could show you what the final boss looks like because the final boss uh, for uh, Live Live is fucking amazing. Um, but I guess they, I, I didn't, I guess they disabled the capture button. Because uh, you can't take any kind of screen captures or anything in this chapter at all. Um, so, unt- uh, but the, I will say this. The title screen does change um, after you beat it. Uh, which is really, really nice. Um, God, seriously, play this game. Like, especially if, even if you're not super into RPGs, but, like, you like stories. Like, I, I will tell you this. If you like stories, for the most part, again, with the exception of the prehistoric one, that would be, like, the weakest one of them all, in my opinion. You're gonna love this game, um, and and like the different and the different types of stories and the different types of gameplays that they put in here, it's it's all extremely extremely fun. And it, with the exception of some bosses and some super bosses, it's not that hard. Like you can pretty much brute force it and you'll win. Like you could be strategical about it, like I was, but at some points, I was just using the super moves and I was just nuking everybody, it, it, and that was hilarious. It just felt so satisfying to do. Um, is this the final boss um, on screen? Uh, I'm, it's not showing for me yet. Um, it, I don't know. If no, you have no, stream, I but... don't. Hold on. Um, I can get it up in a moment. It's probably gonna play an ad for me though, real quick. Um, well, hold on. oh I yeah, that's him. This. I see it. Okay, yeah, that's him. Pretty fucking okay. metal, huh? Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. Um, my only caveat is that um, it doesn't play Megalovania as your fighting it but the final boss theme is pretty sick regardless so um that being said the game does kind of invite you to beat the game with every character as the main character because uh your dialogue uh choice like your the the, the dialogue the things they'll say will differ so there's that replayability sense so it's like it's like do it fuckhead beat the game with every single main character and actually some characters are harder than others because like uh the martial artist matsuhiro matsuhiro um he starts out at level fucking two when you get him, and like in in some situations in random encounters you will die. That's what I said. Use a guide. Just just use a guide to tell you where the characters are, to tell you how to get the super bosses if you want to get to that, to tell you how to get the super weapons. Just just do it. it it'll save you so much time, and it, it's just worth it. Um, and lastly, the only thing I want to talk about is Assassin's Creed uh, or Odyssey. I almost said Origins again. Um. And I want to, oh, I want to just like, see. I just want to not work for an entire week and just play this game. I might, <laughs> I might get Don't sick of it. And honestly, if I played it that much, I'm perhaps my enjoyment is because I'm only playing it like in two to three hour bursts, two weeks in, in, in every, every week. But fuck, I can't get over how cool it looks. I made it to Athens. I made it to Athens, the heart of, of modern world democracy. It looks so cool. Cause you actually go up. The, you see the Acropolis and you go up it and it's just the attention to detail in this game is magnificent it is so like I'm just I'm just coming at the thought of just in in ancient Greece and again the missions are generic it's whatever go do this thing for me that I don't care about that's enough for me to enjoy it's like just being around all that shit is so cool um or like finding sunken treasure or sailing the high seas on my uh my um my ship it's just it's fantastic but another thing i unlocked 
is uh, this game gives you a lot to do. So like, I, I, so I'm not even worried about like a DL, DLC or anything. But after a certain point, you unlock. Uh, uh, there's this cult that's the the driving force behind this entire game called the Cult of Cosmos. And at first, I thought, okay, there's gonna be background characters, whatever, and you're gonna have whatever. No, these are like your assassination contracts, where like you have to play. You play the game. And occasionally you'll find cult outposts or, like, if you do psycho certain people, you'll hear about them. And the more tips you hear about, you'll unveil who they are. And basically the mission is go kill them. And you kill them because you want to upgrade the Spear of Leonidas because your character is a descendant of Leonidas, uh, of, the, of that, that Spartan King Leonidas from 300, um, the Battle of Thermopylae. So, um, and probably a demigod in some way if I know any kind of... Cause, uh, we can't help but make our main character a demigod in any of these kind of games, but I don't really care about that. It's fine to me. Um, it's just such a... I can't stop playing. I just want to explore and find shit, kill shit, steal shit, break shit, burn shit, um, assassinate shit. Like, yeah. Uh, well, they don't have toilets in ancient Greece, so... Um, like, it's just... I, like, and normally I don't like using, like... like um. I, I don't I don't use fast travel in this game unless I'm like going somewhere fast and I need to go there fast. But like, I just love to take my horse and just like put it on the put it on the target section and just let the horse go and just let the camera spin around and just take another beauty and just like it's so good, it's so pretty. Fuck, I love it. I don't want to. I want to. I want to go back. I want to go back in. Let me back in. Um, I don't even touch like the daily shit that it forces on you. Um. That's, like, the only complaint I have about the game is the fact that it, like, begrudgingly, huh? Dailies? Huh? You want to do this daily quest? Huh? No? No? Like, that, I feel like that stuff is, like, good for, like, post-game shit. You know, when you have nothing to do, it's like something to come, come back to until the servers go down. But, like, even then, I'm having enough stuff to do in the base game alone. But that's all I'll talk about. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to take a break real quick, and when we come back, uh, we're going to go to the news section. I don't know why there was, like, no news this uh, week. Yeah, I don't... I, yeah. I mean, Overwatch 1 is kind of a thing, but, like, it's... Well, yeah. wanted us to take a break from last week. Yeah, I mean, like, there, there were some small things, like, Overwatch 1 kind of being a, a literal yeah. dead game. I find that and, odd. Uh, Wiglet. Like they're shutting the... Sur- I get <laughs> they really want people just to move on. Because that's... I've never seen that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Overwatch 2 is basically the same yeah. game, just with yeah. new stuff. So, like, I kind of get it's, it, I guess. It's just, like, it's weird, because, like, apparently the Splatoon 1 servers are still up. You can still play that game, um, like, on a Wii mm-hmm. U if you wanted to. But, like, like, that's bizarre to me, that it's just off. Yeah. You can still play Street Fighter 4 online, for fuck's sake. Yeah, well, they need... Oh, I did see a hilarious article related to Blizzard where, like, apparently there's a new, like, Asian character in there, and the, like, <laughs> I ever see somebody, um, retweet, like, I have not seen a single bit of porn of this character, that means they're, that means they're worthless. I'm like, damn. Cause, um, yeah. Wow. Cause Overwatch wow. characters got, like, made po- a lot. There is a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I'm like, there, I mean, like, is your game, is Overwatch really a, a live game if they're not, if, if like, Hentai artists are not taking full advantage of them. Uh, maybe not, <laughs> but um, or at least a new character. Um, so who knows? 
Apparently, they're trying to put something in so that they can't take the Overwatch 2 models out. I'm like, honey, you're just delaying the inevitable. Like, stop trying. You can't. Look, if you're if you're horny enough, they're going to make it happen. Okay? It's going to. Yeah. Hackers going to hack. They will come. I'd rather they hack that shit <laughs> and just put the models out and use them for freaky shit versus, like, some of the stuff we've seen other hackers do, you know? Mm-hmm. That was another little news article that I didn't feel the need to talk about was the, the PlayStation 5 has already jailbroken. Yeah, which I'm like, like, PlayStation 5 to legally play zero games. I'm like, um, that's what I saw a lot of, a lot of, you yeah. know, like, I yeah. wouldn't want to jailbreak something that new, though. Like, I feel, I feel right. like... Especially when it's perpetually online. I get afraid of things that, like, you know, they can constantly check your online status and yeah. lock you out. Like, when I, uh, when I hacked my Vita... I didn't use my actual PSN name. I made a new one just for that, just in case there was right. any issues. And the Vita's dead, but right. I was still afraid. Exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, I guess, congrats. Um, you know, but... It is, it is We're what back, it though. is. Alright. Um, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. Alright, hello, everybody. We don't have a lot of news today. So hopefully this will be a shorter show, but let's see how this goes. Um... Uh, Saudi Arabia, we've talked about them a lot, uh, wants to be a gaming hub. Um, in September, uh, is ready for the pushback. In September, the Saudi Esports Federation announced that it would be joining Saudi's Vision 2030, which, by the way, that is their cultural thing to basically try to rehabilitate their image and try to make them a, uh, not just, a, uh, you know, independent oil, but, like, um, culturally well-known around the world. So that's their sort of, if you've never heard of that. With the goal to become a global hub of esports and gaming, according to Prince uh, Faisal bin Badir bin Sultan al Saud, the Middle Eastern North Africa region, the MENA, have been historically undeserved in gaming, and multiple Saudi state funded companies are aiming to fix that. Invested companies like Savvy Gaming, uh, Faisal says SGG is purely commercial, not a government entity, and the Saudi Esports Federation, which Faisal heads, numbering the billions of dollars. Underneath the vision of 2030, there is a call for diversifying the Saudi economy away from uh, reliance on oil. One of these projects underneath the vision is a specific uh, strategy for gaming and esports. Uh, the next World Forum in held in Riyadh, Riyadh, uh, apologies for pronouncing that wrong, in this month featured several powerful faces in esports uh, industry, both visible uh, like the now XGTCO2 Carlos Ocilote Rodriguez, who stepped in last week after sparking controversy, which, what was that controversy? Um, I'll look at that later. And the less permanent, like, British CEO, Eastwood CEO, Chester King, that sounds like a fake name, multiple attendees say speakers were flown in a business class and housed the Four Seasons on state on the state's dime. Rami Abu-Jabir, CEO of gaming tech company Verality and former attendee, said that the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia is trying to position itself as a leader of esports and gaming in the MENA in a written uh, message to the uh, Sports Business Journal. Um... It kind of goes into like more of what they're trying to do um, and how they want to diversify. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, I'll talk about the diversity uh, discussion right now. Uh, Faisal maintains that the next World Forum discussions panel is targeted at attacking some of the tougher questions that comes from the Saudi's government. Investment in an esports. Multiple attendees who uh, agreed to speak on the background said so there were few, if any, discussions of Saudi Arabia's discriminatory laws towards women and LBGTQIA community. What this strategy helps to do is change the conversation from why to why not regarding Saudi Arabia, Faisal said. 
Benz have rejected previous investments from the Middle East in 2020. Neom, a Nextdoor Forum strategic partner, made one of the Middle East's hot, uh, first profile partnerships with tournament organizer Blast and the League of Legends European Championship. Following the announcement, broadcast talent and production workers revolted. The LEC and Blast backed out of their deals. While Faisal clearly seemed disappointed with the partnership rejection, he says that respected the talent who spoke up for the conversation of their morals, naming the LEC Casper Indiana Froskin Black as someone he admired. Um, Not the best uh, role you, model, but yeah. sure. Ubisoft faced similar backlash in February and announced a Rainbow Six Siege major in the United Arab, uh, Arab Emirates. Ubisoft moved a week after a fan backlash and petitioning petitioning human rights violations circulated in the community. A source close to Rainbow Six Siege broadcast talent claims that part of Ubisoft's decision to hold the major in the UAE was because the government was willing to cover the event's costs. Um, the author of this article signed a petition to, in, in, Saturday of, in Sign of Solidarity. Saudi Arabia and the UAE may be different nations, but it's their use of state money and esports and harsh laws that leave fans apprehensive, which is the big thing. If not furious, Saudi Arabia's ban on women driving was only repealed in 2018, and legal restrictions on sexuality and women's rights act, uh, activists still exist. Amnesty International uh, says that the UAE government has continued to commit serious human, viola- human rights violations in 2021, with more events headed to the Middle East and Saudi Arabia in particular organizers face questions about how women in the LGBTQI community could feel safe in a country where career acts are illegal with partner with patterns of human rights violations. Um, and it kind of goes more into like the, how this could change, but Saudi Arabia is not going away. Is the big consensus of this all? And then he quoted Ronald Reagan, which isn't the best no. look either. No, no, that's 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 not at all. Um, so obviously, and of course, like this isn't the first thing. There was a big Tekken thing that happened like about a month ago that had like a million dollar pot bonus. Um, um, but I think it was only people who were in uh, Saudi Arabia. Um, uh, like. I think we're all we've all said our thoughts on Saudi Arabia, but the fact that, that they're not going to stop, um, obviously, it's not just this. They have that contract with World Wrestling Entertainment where they're bringing shows um, where fucking Jake Paul is going to wrestle for the for their championship in November. So the thing about it is that because we kind of look like hypocrites at the same time because of what fuck our fucking politicians are doing um, in terms of, in terms of regards to human rights violations, but it doesn't make what Saudi Arabia is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you can fight both assholes. You can, you can condemn one, but also condemning your own government. It's possible. Um, I, I do, I, it, when it comes to companies, I think companies, I, I'm, I'm going to, you, I think you should definitely blame them for doing it because they're mostly doing it just for money. Um, but as for per individual, if like, say, I don't think like similar to like the Activision stuff that we talked about where like I do not think if say you're playing something that's affiliated with that has Saudi American ties because let's face it at this point they're going to have ties everywhere now as their reach spreads because that's their goal by 2030 um you know I feel like we're gonna have to set that line of like it's just one of those things you accept because they're not stopping with how much money they have and the money that they can throw around I think that if they want to get into this field, this especially very, um, uh, queer field, I guess is, is the only way I could really say it. Like, you know, gaming, there's a very proud gay focus to gaming these days. Um, and that's great. But in this community, you can't do that 
because they don't agree with you. So I, I feel like if you're going to get into that uh, landscape, you have to concede to those ideals. It's like you can't have your cake and eat it too. Your you know your bigot cake right. and eat it too. Um, you can't be like, oh yeah, we're going to be a huge name in the gaming space, but also no gays. It's like, no, that that's not going to no. work. Um, they need to actually do something within their government to show that that if you are a person, a person, a queer of queer identity, or even a woman coming to their country to compete in something, yeah. That you're not going to be arrested on the street for holding hands with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or not conserving to their laws. Like, I understand, you know, visiting another foreign country and having to respect their laws. But there is there's a point where, like, that that law is endangering to your life. You, like, that's when it becomes scary and why no one should be faulted yeah. for not doing this. And it's it's they're soliciting to outsiders to come in for basically, you know money-making reasons, but then they're saying, you can only come if you adhere right. to our laws. So it's not it's not a welcoming option, and I feel like it would hurt the people that want to go there and, you know, support their efforts. It's like, hey, you know, if, if, you're, if you're trying to get into a competition and they're the only ones that will take you, it's like, you have to turn them down because you don't agree with them. Like, that sucks. But, you know, the other alternative is to take the money and pretend. And that's not any better. So I'm just saying, like, from their side, they're not going to make it big if they're not willing to play ball. If they're not willing to, you know, modernize their beliefs. Because, um, I mean, you look at a lot of Christians now and they're like, oh, yeah, I, you know, I know what God says and I know what Jesus says, but... You know, I have my beliefs too, and I think that the gays are okay. And it's like, great. You've adapted your beliefs to modern society. And if they can't do that, I don't know what they're expecting to happen here. Um, there, if anything, because as equally as gaming is very prideful in terms of its uh, queerness, there is also a portion of gaming that is mainstream. That is very much not like that. That is very vocal and very proud of being bigots. Now, does that mean that they won't be xenophobic yeah. to Saudi Saudi Arabians? Who knows? But you right. know that that that's the the America right. crowd exactly. <laughs> but that, that I mean that's the question. Like, will will they like like you know will they like even want to do this? That crowd want to do this? Like, I don't want to attend that crowd, but. Um, I, that, that's definitely a contingent. I guarantee you that they're thinking about if 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 you can't mm-hmm. happen to get, you know, the uh, people of queer nature to uh, be part of your thing, which um, it's a lot. I was like, and to be clear, it's not just the gays. It's like you know the the allies, the people that will stand right. in solidarity because like they're not like I'm not going to go to Saudi Arabia because you know they don't. They don't, like, approve of my exactly. friends and family. Like, that kind of thing, you know? Exactly. Like, and, and like I said, in, the, in the, the other big thing that's been the only thing so far, I guess, successful for them has been the wrestling thing. And it took them three, two years for them to even allow women on the show. Women were not allowed on the show initially at first. And now that they are, they have to wear, they can't show their skin at all except for their, their head. That's it. Mm-hmm. 
which is just like, okay. Um, need to remind you, the Saudi government held wrestling talent for almost eight hours on the on the runway for reasons we do not know. Still, I don't believe, but um, yeah, I be wary. But also, I think now we're coming to a point where the Saudi government is just they have some Saudi companies have stakes in a lot of major companies right now. Some you may not even know of about. Um, I think they have so yeah. it's it's just a a reality we're going to have to deal with. Okay. So moving on to uh, more depressing news, um, and, uh, and <laughs> for a good reason. Uh, uh, this is a uh, coming from Axios, as a fired Nintendo worker is now speaking out um, and alleging that Nintendo, specifically, I, I believe it's Nintendo of America, um, about uh, allegations. Let's see. Now these allegations were coming out in the, early in the summer um, in, in regards to their workplace condition. Um, and like how the, and, and this is coming from a, a tester. Uh, Mackenzie Clifton, the Nintendo worker who filed a labor complaint earlier this year against the gaming giant, is stepping forward for the first time. Um, the it's asking why it matters. The veteran gamer tests alleges Nintendo and contracting firm Aston Carter had them fired in February because asked Nintendo's management a question about unions. The complaint alleged that the employers had interfered with Clifton's federally protected rights to discuss unionization without fear of retaliation. Um, I hope. That sharing this story can get more and more people thinking about how the games industry works and how these companies that everyone comes to know and love as providers of fun entertainment are so much more than that. Um, Clifton Trace traces uh, their fire their firing to an online company meeting for hundreds of Nintendo tests in January. During a Q&A with Nintendo's president, Doug Bowser, Clifton asked, why does NOA think about, what does NOA think about unionization trend in QA and the games industry of late? Um... Clifton's question wasn't addressed in the meeting, but later that day, Clifton says a supervisor from Aston Carter called them saying it was a downer question, advising them to direct such inquiries to a contracting firm, not Nintendo. Clifton was baffled and kind of angry. Less than a month later, Clifton was fired. Nintendo has denied that unions had anything to do with Clifton's demissal, instead saying the tester was let go for publicly disclosing confidential information. Clifton tells Axios that they had press supervisors for a proof of violation and were shown a tweet that they posted on February 16th which stated, in today's build, someone somewhere must have deleted every other texture in the game because everything is now red, just like pure red. It's very silly. Clifton says that this misdirection is nothing to not, noting the tweet is vague. It does not clearly identify that the Clifton was working on. Nintendo and Aston Carter did not reply to requests for comment on Clifton's account. The NLRB declined to comment on the status of the complaint. Um, and that uh, the big picture is that the current and former contractors for NOA have said that Nintendo treats them, Nintendo treats them like second-class citizens. Um, and then, of course, after he made the complaint, um, it made headlines back in the summer, saying Nintendo con- uh, consigns hundreds of crucial workers in its game testing, customer service, and even game writing teams to precarious and stressful temporary deals. Even some top performers say conversions to full-time status are rare. Amid those remarks have been accusations of workplace misconduct, which Nintendo has inten- internally told its workers to take seriously, but neither Nintendo nor its con- contacting firms have spoken publicly about the company's widespread use of contractors. Two former contractors previously told Axios that in mid-2014, a nascent effort by some Nintendo customer service contractors unionized fizzled after their management firm caught wind of it, and neither Nintendo and they're com- not covering that either. Um, so, and then and scroll down a little bit. Um, 
Let's see. Clifton's decision to file a complaint against Nintendo in essence Carter was more to show the world and show me, uh, former co-workers that somehow something like a union would not only be beneficial but maybe even necessary in the coming years as the investigation talks were a possible settlement ensued Clifton used the condition that they wanted a letter of apology signed by NOA President Bowser Nintendo countered Clifton said it with an offer to speak to HR and offered a neutral letter of reference the NLRB which is still standing the com- handling the complaint told them a letter wasn't required as part of a settlement so it's a lot to take in. It's a lot to take in. Um, the big thing um, I want to note is that um, Doug Bowser is that like is is that the one thing I know is that this story has largely gone unnoticed on YouTube. In that you would think a story like this would be blowing up all of your YouTube feeds, all your content careers would be talking about it, especially those Nintendo-themed ones. But did y'all see anything about this? Can't say I have. No. And, and that's, that's my point is that um, is that there's that, like that I think people don't want to talk about this because a lot of people want to keep this image that Nintendo's this happy, friendly company that nothing like ha- bad is happening behind the scenes and that it's if we just ignore it much like it seems like Nintendo of America is doing and there's some like contractor asking firms doing that if we just ignore this problem it's going to go away and and I honestly hope it doesn't and it goes to show you that well not it's not happening everywhere in the games in in, in the in the gaming community we've seen number of stories of uh, of, of worker abuse happening all across um some worse than others but it's definitely happening and it's not even in a place of and we don't even know how far this goes back um but it's interesting that doug bowser who is the now president of uh nintendo of america since 2019 he previously worked at electronic arts a company that did not have the greatest track record uh, and the fact that um, it's and, and it's not even just happening with, in, in like gaming industry that like there seems to be this horrible anti-union busting shit that's going on across the country. Like Starbucks is like the biggest thing right now um, in terms of in terms of getting uh, unionized in different places. Amazon was the other one you probably heard of that that these companies will try to deny union busting allegations when I'm going to, I'm willing to believe the person filing the complaint first over a multi-billion dollar corporation. Yeah. I agree with that. My main issue with this isn't anything to do with the uh, allegations or anything. Um, because it is essentially at the end of the day, it is a contractor, uh, dismissing an employee, whether Nintendo strong-armed that or not, she wasn't tech. Sorry, they weren't technically a Nintendo employee, so we don't really know what the actual cause was. If it was the, you know, if it was if it was fear from the uh, the agency, like the contracting agency, about. Um, about unionizing and they you know took it into their own hands or if it was a nintendo saying hey 
we don't like that your you know your employees are talking about unionizing with us uh that was inappropriate you know get rid of them um we don't know any of that that's all speculation i don't really like to deal with speculation um what kind of bothers me here is the actual reason they stated um for the the firing was uh releasing of confidential information and I totally understand what uh, Clifton is talking about there with like, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't say anything incriminating or whatever. I'm trying to find the comment again. Um, Yeah. It says there's misdirection noting the tweet is vague, but I'm sure if we ask other people in the QA area, you don't say anything about the games you're working on. It doesn't matter how vague it is. That is grounds for termination. Like just set, just talking about the industry and you know vague information about the game you're working on could still be considered an NDA uh, violation. So again, I'm not defending the giant corporation or anything, but I'm just saying whether that is a legitimate excuse or just the one they used to not have to admit that it was a you know a unionization issue. It's valid. I mean, technically, no one has to, like, private industry doesn't have to give any reason for firing. Um, you know, I work for the government, so, like, they, it, it's very hard to get fired. They have to justify it and all kinds of stuff. But private industry, pff, you can just be gone like that. It doesn't matter. So, having a valid reason is enough, whether it's the real reason or not. So... Part of this feels like, you know, some, some, he said, they said, uh, kind of hearsay, um, drama, like internet drama, but we don't know enough to really like get any deeper into it than that. That that's my issue with this whole story and maybe why it hasn't caught more traction because a lot of places probably aren't willing to pick up the story just based on the hearsay. Um, there, there has been a lot of news stories out there about the working conditions, especially with the Nintendo contractors. And it's terrible, and we've talked about it before. But I'm just saying this case specifically, I'm not sure it's the same. Because, like, like I say, all it takes is one tweet about, you know, a game that you're working on, like details about a game you're working on. Even if no one knows what the game is, there's no information about it. Just the fact that you tweeted about a a game you're working on, that's all they need. So, I can see both sides of it, is all I'm saying. I'm not defending the corporation, but I also don't think that, you know, Clifton here was totally in the right. Um, Whether they want to believe that it was just uh, a unionization slate or not. So it's it's kind of a it's kind of a tough one. But also it's not fair to be fired over something that small. I I understand that too. But since when are any employers none, fair? None. Yeah. Um it would help if if yeah. Nintendo of America came out with a statement or something. But as they've ever, yeah. as it's seen here, it's pretty much been no comment from both the contracting company and them, mm-hmm. in the sense that they they yeah. 
it's not great press when all these other people are coming out about right. the working that, that's conditions. That's why. That's why I'm saying like, <laughs> I to me is like the, where there's smoke, there's fire. Very similar to the Activision yeah. Blizzard stuff. Like there's something there. We don't exactly know what's there, but there's something there. Um, and yeah, you know, you are right in the sense that eh, maybe don't make that tweet, but you know, yeah. it, it it is very. Like, this very much seems like a fired employee scorned, trying to make a headline out of it. To me. But that doesn't mean that the, you know, the company that is being um, outed isn't deserving of the, the fire. Considering other employees have seemingly, um, you know, that Nintendo, they, they specifically said that, that NOA has treated them like second-class citizens. So, not not the contractors mm-hmm. to stick with themselves, but that... Um, so it's not just, it's not just Clifton saying this, um, and the fact that like how rigorous everything can be over there. So um, this is just a continuing sort of to watch. I would say um, I'm willing to give Clifton the benefit of the doubt. You know, you can say that that's a justifiable firing or not. You know, like, like shit, I could be gone. I could lose my job tomorrow. In all intents and purposes, in which case this show would immediately end then um, if that happens. But. Um, <laughs> Uh, but um, I just feel like this is important to talk about because I don't see it talked about it enough um, because mm-hmm. everybody want, I think a lot of people have a lot of vested interests in keeping Nintendo's family friendly persona keep going and union busting doesn't exactly fall in line with that that's all I'm saying it's just it's just connecting dots that are that are there you know you ask a question about unionization and then, you know, like you find they maybe they their HRs like we need to find like somebody had a, it's not out of the reason to think of like somebody of in power. It's like we need to find a way to get rid of this person for bringing up. Oh yeah, I'm know, sure so that's Wal- what happened. I know for a fact Walmart does that shit. Um, I know they do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, um, it's just very like you can a very 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 big coincidence that they were fired and that this is the reason for it. this is the this is the reason they're giving for it um so who knows um but I think uh it's a story that I'm that I think needs more traction than it's already getting namely again it's one thing for websites to wrong about it as we all know that is not where people are going now for their news unless it's Sorosko Kotaku. Um, it is YouTube that they go for their news. That 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 you know we were talking about that with G four last week. It's it's the, it's YouTubers and shit. So, but we'll see if that actually happens. Mm-hmm. If this uh, if these uh, um, unionization uh, busting allegations go forward, just something to monitor on to rest of this year and uh, into next year. Okay, so now uh, we got one more bit of news before we segue into our topic, which is. Supposedly, um, and now this is multiple sources claiming this, so um, there's some there there could be a uh, some validity to this probably that a Horizon Zero Dawn remaster is in the works for PlayStation Five, um, and there's even a claim um, that there's a, coming along with a multiplayer spinoff, which we can talk about as well. Um, according to MP, uh, reported first by MP First. And VGC said they can revert their, their own sources. 
Um, the updated version of the 2017 Gorilla Games title will feature improved visuals to bring it up par with this year's sequel, Horizons Forbidden West, in the form of new character models, lighting animations, is claimed. In addition, it's claimed that the new version of Zero Dawn will add accessibility features, graphics modes, and quality of life improvements to the gameplay itself. Uh, VGC asks SIE for the comment of the story. Uh, re-releases of recent hit games are, are a new trend for PlayStation. The platform has already released multiple remasters, remakes of PS5, including Spider-Man, Ghost of Tsushima, Uncharted 4, Last of Us. PC version of Horizon Zero Dawn was released in 2020 with improved draw distance, higher frame rates, but most of you used the assets and features from the PS4 version. In addition, the MP First report claimed that Guerrilla Games is currently working on the Horizon multiplayer game for PS5 and PC, which matches what VGC reported last year. VGC understands that the studio has long intended to expand Horizon series into multiplayer space. Sources have previously told us that the co-op was first planned for the original game, but was ultimately scraps of development could focus on the other areas of the title. Um, and they're showing some art Concept art that leaked online in 2014 shows multiplayer battle. Um, uh, Sony uh, uh, in, in Entertainment Interactive in, in, revealed in May that uh, launching a significant push to, into live service games with 12 such titles, planned to arrive by a fiscal year of March 2026. 2028, in 2018, Gorilla rehired Simon, director Simon LaRoche to work on an unannounced title, uh, potentially related to a multi-part project. Um, so yeah, they are working on allegedly, and it seems like to, there's some to, there's, there could there could be some validity to this. We don't know that a a remastering of a game that came out in 2014 is uh, getting the fine tune-ups for PS5. Um, I will. I mean, I'll mostly save my thoughts for the topic, but the fact that it's basically like. Bringing up Spider-Man, Ghost of Tsushima, um, Uncharted 4, like, those examples that I'd kind of forgotten about, it's not that weird to do a remaster like this. I mean, there's not a huge jump between PS4 and PS5, but going back to those examples, like, Spider-Man, the the PS4 to PS5 version, like, was incredible because of just the the draw distance and, like, the speed they could manage, like, the, um, they could do, like, fast swinging because everything was loaded at once, like with the solid state drive and everything like that. Um, and of course, you know, higher quality cutscenes, better lighting, that kind of stuff. It does make a difference with these cinematic games. Um, I think the, the whole remake thing, like with, you know, Last of Us Part 1, is taking it a little far. But remasters are nothing new, which, again, we'll get right. into more later. Um, and... I think if you can kind of have a, you know, quote-unquote definitive version, why not? People will pay for it. It's just a remaster. Sometimes they even, like, make it a, not a free upgrade, but, like, a, you know, That's cheap upgrade. Horizon. Um, Horizon if you already have had that. Where, like, is it going to be, like, as close to the um, uh, Forbidden West? No, but it runs better it looks better on ps5 i believe um granted so it's that's like, true i mean they did have the like the ps5 port or what no did they do that because spider-man like it was it was the remastered version you get on ps5 like you're upgrading to that i don't think horizon had that same path i think you're just doing backwards compatibility yeah, with I the ps5 version and so you get some of the boosts like the you know you basically get the ps4 right. pro boosts um, and faster loading times, but it's the same PS4 I think it'll be version. To see what they do with it 
financially because if they make it like because people were mad about the Ghost of Tsushima thing initially where they were charging people for the uh, that was like a ten dollar upgrade so though um, you know like people were still mad sure and and I think people are going to lump this in with it with whether or not they should with the Last of Us one it's like how much are you going to charge you to play a game I already own I think that's the big right. thing is what people fear considering yeah that's what I'll that's what I would say you know again people are still gonna be mad at 10 bucks like if it's gonna be a free upgrade path and then they'll try to sell the multiplayer component as a thing to purchase to like just to, like to basically back up the costs who knows that could be a thing that could be definitely an issue uh not an issue but uh, a way but um for some people, when they see initially, it's like, what the game's already... I can already play this game on my on my PlayStation 4. I don't... Like, it's like, to a lot of people, it, the game is fine. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, Forbidden West is definitely the more um, graphic... has more graphic fidelity, for sure, um, in terms of its visuals, but... Like, the way, the way, the way it seems like they're talking about it, it's like... It's like it's like here's the PS5, and Horizon's like a PS1 game, as if it's like not one of the better looking games from last generation. And, you, and even you said it, yeah. like And especially so, like the, with the the Horizon sequel being PS4 and PS5, they're talking about bringing it up to that standard when like it's already also yeah. on PS4. That's that's so. the weird part of like why do this when other than they want to charge people more money which is it's capitalism i get it but let's go ahead and yeah. segue into our topic which is remake remaster too soon um and that is mostly stems from this this idea and of course the recent last of us remake that came out uh what a month ago um feels like a month ago um yeah. where uh, a lot of people were upset the fact that even when it wasn't even fully and officially announced that uh, The Last of Us is getting a remake um, because the remaster of that game existed on PlayStation 4 um, playable on PS5. So the question is what is what is the too soon button? What is the what is the you would consider like okay this okay to remaster this game or it's okay to we'll talk about that one first. What, when is it to hit the remaster button for a game. What would you say is the optimal time? I really don't think there is one because it varies game to game. So like I kind of mentioned with Spider-Man, that was a game that like was incredible on the PS4, but it felt like it was pushing the system too hard and it was held back because of what it was on. And you could argue the same thing with like Last of Us uh, the, the original Last of Us on PS3, it had a lot of frame rate issues and things like that, but they put out the PS4 version that fixed all of that and made it, you know, 60 FPS and all this stuff. Um, like, that remaster was enough. Same with, with Spider-Man. It's like, they did the the PS5 remaster, and, like, that was enough. With Horizon, sure. A, a, again, a remaster could be enough. The issue I come up with is, like, a... I guess technically two gen later remake of a game um, like the last of us part one where the original game is still readily available both on, you know, the PSN through the uh, PS3 backwards compatibility or the, sorry, like PS now service basically. 
and the PS4 remaster. Like, both are readily available still for everyone to play. So I don't necessarily think it needed a full remake. Um, that felt like too much. A seventy dollar. But in general, I. By the way. Yeah, exactly. Um, in general, I would say like whenever a game is held back by the hardware it's on, and they can do it again better, it's okay. Um, like with Spider Man, and uh, and a lot of cases with Horizon. Um, I don't think that one was held back as much because I mean it was an earlier ps4 game so like it has some performance wow. issues but like it's, horizon it's solid or last of us um horizon. 17 what year did the... yeah that's an earlier PS4, ps4 come game. on like 2013 yeah i would say that's like back yeah, half back yeah half. but that was around the time of the ps4 pro i think which is they were kind of showing off that like it runs okay. better on the pro so like it was still the middle of the ps4 life cycle. middle back half um yeah, but anyway, um, the kind of things I'm thinking of, like where a, a remake, remaster, whatever is justified, is when the original game is no longer easily obtainable or easy to play, whatever. Um, it might not still be that long of a time. Like, I, I had to look it up. Um, Super Mario 64 DS came out in 2004, was basically a launch title for the DS, and was essentially a remake, you know, with a lot of added content and stuff of the original Mario 64 that came out in 1996. So only eight years between games. I mean, that's the same amount of time as Last of Us versus Last of Us Part 1. You know, PS3 to PS5. Um, yeah. But Resident Evil on PlayStation the, was 95 to 2002. Yeah. Not even not even 10 years. Right. But, but the difference there is, like, you can do right. a lot more because it's an entirely different, like, console infrastructure yes. and everything. And the original games don't hold up as well. I think, for the most part, Last of Us holds up on PS3 and definitely on PS4. That that's where you kind of have that gray area. Is there was like a like a middle point there? Which if they never so really you're if, going from if they never did that, yeah. we would not be. We'd be like, okay, cool, we can play Last of Us and how it was fully intended. Exactly. You know? That's that. So that that's where the gray area comes in, and like you know GTA Five. Like, that's been remastered on... It came out PS3 and then came out again and PS4, PS5. too, even though, like, because... Like, yeah. We, it game deck, you know, it's it's the same thing, almost, except, like, it's just... I don't think you are charged, but it was still... Like, I get it, you guys are still working on this game, like, enough already. Right, but, like... Uh, there was one more example I wanted to find. Um, like fairly recent you know remakes of slightly older games is not a new uh it's not a new concept look at um super mario all-stars which was a 1993 compilation of nes games for the snes um the newest game like in that collection was super mario brothers 3 from 1988 so that's five years difference and they were re-released, you know, it, granted, you're getting essentially... Three games in one. Uh, four, four games? Four, yeah. yeah. Four games Fuck in one. Um, fair. But you're getting four games in one, all kind of brought up to, you know, right. SNES standards. Um, but, again, it's it's basically five years after the most recent game. Like, jumping from Mario Bros. 3 on NES to Mario Bros. 3 and All-Stars is five years. 
that's the distance between you know Horizon Zero Dawn and now the remaster. And people are saying that's stupid, but that's been a thing for thirty I mean, years now. The fact that at the time, um, most people probably had, didn't have their NESs in anymore because they traded them for supers, mm-hmm. and you couldn't play those original Mario games anymore. So this is a, a, a way... Right. And that's yeah. kind of the point I'm making. is like, those examples when you can't access the original game, or, you know, when technology has come far enough that you can do a much better version of it to reach a new audience, it's totally fine. Honestly, remakes and remasters are fine no matter what, because if you don't like it, don't buy it. It's not a big deal. The issue I have is that, like, so far, the PS5 has had very little exclusive games... And they seem to be going back to the well of games they've already made to just make a quick buck off of them. That's what I'm not a big fan of. And and the fact that they're big games that are first party are both PS4 and PS5 versus only two so far have been PS5 only. Which again, that's another reason why Last of Us Remake gets a lot of shit because it's like instead of making a Naughty Dog focusing their time on another new game that again from their words was built from the ground up um they could have working on another IP or something who knows whatever Last of Us Part 3 fuck it just do that um and they yeah. got this that it's it's just it's just odd it's odd and definitely yeah. anti-consumerism because of charging you like 70 bucks for it because they put they put a lot of, I mean granted mm-hmm. they put a lot of money into it but like you know but focus, like game development has exploded. Focus your time and energy, like of your you know studios, on new products that people are excited about, rather than just coming across as anti-consumer because you're just kind of shitting out the same thing you've already made before, but with a slightly better-looking version of that turd. <laughs> Great, again, it's a good game, but you're you're still just you know shining a turd. Is is the metaphor? Tyler, you anything? Great. Yeah, I think Justin pretty much hit the nail on the head there. Uh, yeah, when it comes to remasters, in all honesty, it doesn't really matter. Uh, I think it depends on the games. In all honesty, um, probably the best examples I could think of. Uh, there are several different collections for Kingdom Hearts. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Like the there were the ones on the PS3, which were pretty much just uh, upscaled to 720, but were pretty much just the final mix versions of uh, those games that we never really got up until that point. And then they, they released them again on the PS4 later on, and the big change with that was that they all pretty much uh, uh, boosted the frame rate to 60 FPS mm-hmm. rather than 30. They did the same so, thing with Final Fantasy X. That's true, they did. Um, I th- I think that uh, remasters are warranted if it uh, fixes the games like like if it's in like a new generation mm-hmm. because the example that I listed um, were all from different generations. Um, it's just a matter of um, adapting to um, your the new consoles and adapting with the new technology and all that stuff. Well, that's why I like the Super Mario sixty four DS example. Because, like, that's not just a, you know, a a faithful remake of the game. Like, you can still play that game. This is more of, like, 
they added, you know, 30 new stars, multiplayer, like all this stuff to it. So it's like, it has some issues, but it's a kind of a different take right. on that game. Yeah. It's almost a completely different game. Yeah. Same with like Metroid Zero Mission. You know, it's a remake, quote unquote, but it's a drastically the different game too. Remake definitely the fighting falls in that category. Yeah, and even like that's how right. you should be doing that. Just making it a faithful recreation of the thing, like a few years later. Yeah, what's the point? Like exactly, like like that's like um, that's I think another reason why The Last of Us gets shit on because it's the same fucking thing without the multiplayer content that they ripped mm-hmm. out of. But they just didn't. They didn't put. Yeah, it has less content that you're paying yeah. seventy dollars for. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think that has a lot to do with it. Like, um, like, like. But I'll generally give more of a pass to remasters because that is, in general, a cheaper thing to do. And so, if they have like a, you know, it might be a full seven sixty seventy dollar release or whatever. But like, current owners generally get a cheap upgrade. Like, Spider-Man and Ghost of Tsushima both had, like, $10 upgrades or whatever. That's fine. Because you're getting the same game you already own, but better for cheap. And the people that don't own it can buy it for the first time in its best form. But remakes can't usually get away with that, and that's where the problem is. Or, the only time I think it's acceptable for, like, a remake to be, like, completely faithful versus, like, a graphical update is if we never got it. Like, Live a Live. That's a a remake. Yeah. That is... Mm-hmm. From what I've seen the TVG stream of the original game, it's a one-to-one recreation with some minor, you know, quality of life stuff, but we never got it in the West, so I think that that's, to me, is another excusable thing, where it's like, you know, we never got it, so for all intents and purposes, it's a new game for us, but, you know. For sure. Although you wouldn't know right, if exactly. it was changed. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but, like, for me personally, I, um, I, I like to think in, like, you know, mostly in years, um, where like, like to me, it's like I feel like okay, you know, t- it's been ten years. Let's bring it out. Let's bring out that dead horse again. Fuck. Like I think when they remat remat they remastered Skyward Sword. You know, like shit. Um, like that was okay, cool. Yeah, I'm ready to play it again. Most people, most Wii's are dead or shit. My Wii's disc drive was broken at that point, so I couldn't even play Skyward Sword on the Wii. Mm-hmm. Can't get the can't get the app that fixes your save data anymore. So um, yeah. Um, so like, I, to me, it's, a, I would say for my, it's like maybe five to 10 years, depending on the game. Um, I, I do remember when Final Fantasy X got a remastering and like for PS4, cause it was made for PS3, Xbox initially. Uh, I don't know if it came on Xbox, but definitely mm-hmm. PS3. And then I remember hearing like less than a year later, it's getting a, like, you got to pay another $60 for a, the PS4 version at the time I was going to get it. I was like, yeah, come on guys. Really? I just fucking bought this game. Um, I now own that game on Switch for fifteen dollars, so sue me. But that was also eight. It's eight years later, Same. so I'm and I got it for cheaper. Um, so I ended up getting that game. But to me, like that to me is like the sh- is the scummy shit. I don't like when it's a f- it's basically mm-hmm. the same game, uh, like remastering sixty dollars, but because it's on a newer version, you're gonna buy it. Um, that's why I like the, the even though I don't you know current like the PS Five is so hard to get and you know, has price problems and the Xbox definitely has its problems, but like the whole smart play and then the smart delivery shit, like that's, that's the greatest thing. It's like, I own this game already. It's on here. Let me play it. Like that's, that to me is the best part. So hopefully as we go forward, you're only paying like a minor upgrade to like get the newer version because you have proof of ownership. Um, but like, 
because because to me I'm a stickler. I think like I, I could t like I I will play the old version for as long as I can before I feel like that's yeah, fine. Like re like I've been playing Resident Evil Four, um, and like I I was selling out for years. Like it doesn't need to be remade. Why doesn't it need to be remade? It doesn't need to be remade, and it's getting remade next year. Um, and that was and then granted that's been almost like close to twenty years. Um, uh, I think like two like eighteen years. I think. By the time it comes out, nineteen something like that. Doesn't so It'll be about um, nineteen years in between a, a full on thing and a actual remake, not like a uh, the PC thing they've done. So I feel like that's that's I feel like that's mm -hmm. more than enough time. Even though I'm gonna drag my heels uh, screaming about it, but that's music. Like, okay, <laughs> gonna do it. More enough times pass, and and um, <laughs> the beautiful thing about RE4 is that. They port that shit everywhere, anyways. So, hey, new console, mm -hmm. slap RE4 on it, and I don't have to. I can have both versions as long as they do that. Although that's yeah. a different problem. Um, Putting the same game on yeah. everything without True. any changes, uh, unless it's super cheap, which RE is like usually twenty bucks, anyways. That too, that's why it's fine. Versus, sure, Billy Bethesda and charge me six dollars again for the same fucking game. Mm -hmm. Really. Uh, yeah, yeah, Skyrim and GTA Five, I yeah. think, are like the main RE4 ones. at least is twenty bucks. That they'll only drop, and then it'll go on sale right. for five. So that, that's that's. It's also yeah. much older, so it makes right. a little more sense. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's my thing. Ten years, you know, or or at least, and especially because uh, if it's playable now, if it's, in, I do agree with Justin in that if the game is unplayable in any state uh, in modern consoles, then fucking bring it up. What are you doing? Re either port it or. Yeah, that's what they exactly. did with the Yakuza that, games. That, exactly. Yeah. Um, although I think like before they did Kiwami, they did like a reprint of like the original Yakuza games on PS2 for no fucking reason, which I never. Um, I don't know if y'all remember that, but they they fucking just reprinted the English version of Yakuza games like eight years ago, and then they did Kiwami, um, which to me like that was that's the remaster that fucking helped that franchise like nobody's business, and then of course the original game Zero, like that thing. Yeah. It also helps that the Kiwami games are like super dirt cheap compared to True, their PS2 exactly. counterparts. Um, you know, in some cases, a remaster remake can be something that revives a dead franchise uh, from long uh, from being gone for so long. Like we said, Yakuza. I'm gonna say another second thing. Uh, Streets of Rage Four definitely brought that game back in a full force, mm. and I, I guarantee you, Ooh. Streets of it's well, not a remake. Um, oh yeah, you're right. But like, um. um uh, Panzer Dragoon. Yeah, that's that's a that's a that's a remake. That's a remake. Mm. Uh, probably should have said that. Yeah. Which they're now doing the sequel, and who knows what else could happen from there. So there's a, like like that to me is like that's for the further along the better the remaster because like I've missed it for so long. The closer too much, I'm just like okay, that bitch better be free or five dollars. I ain't paying seventy for a damn visual upgrade and lighting enhancements that my blind ass can barely appreciate. Mm -hmm. Okay. But then there's other things like the Metroid Prime trilogy that just won't get remade. <laughs> well, yeah, we can agree on that. Yeah, yeah, I, I brought it on that, myself. That, that it's not in production for sure. Um, but uh, um, <sighs> hey, you got your head at least. But uh, um, like sure. So yeah, I, I think I, is there anything else to say to that? Um, I think we pretty much set all our points to that. Yeah. It really yeah. does depend on the game. But I think we can all agree it's fuck charging $70 for like 
a remake, an unnecessary remake when a remastered version already exists, available. Um, I'm surprised they, they did not delist yep. the, the remastered version. I'm really surprised they didn't delist it. Because um, yeah, Nintendo did that shit with Skyward Sword where they delisted the the Wii version off the Wii U, Wii U uh, store. That was $20. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they brought it back. They did that with uh, Pikmin yeah. 3, I think, Then they brought also. that shit back. Um, so it's like... Yeah. Nintendo's probably the worst yeah. at that, actually, lately. They used to do some really good remakes. Like, I mentioned, you know, Mario 64 yeah. DS and stuff. But now it's super just lazy. super lazy. Yeah. Every generation. Most of them, now you just quantify them as ports. They're not even remasters. They're just shiny. Right. Cough yeah. 3D Collection. Cough. Listen, I'll mm-hmm. take some, some minor, like, motion mapped to button changes yeah. that aren't even that good and yeah, just call much. it a day. Okay. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and get out of here because I want to drink. Um, Justin, where can the people find you? You can find me if you look for Zero Score on Twitter or YouTube or Twitch or TikTok. Um, I'm going to be bringing back my PlayStation Randomizer series real soon. I have a few in the can. Um, I'm going to start putting them on TikTok a week early uh, so I can kind of focus in because it gets really obnoxious to like make the TikTok version and the YouTube version at the same time. Um, it takes a lot longer, so if I can just kind of focus on TikTok and then do the YouTube ones later, that'll help a little bit um, streamline the the process. And like I said, I've got a video coming out about my uh, my kind of first thoughts of my the last few weeks with my Odin Pro. Um, and on Thursday, we are starting Resident Evil Four um, with some nice quality of life mods uh, just to make it look better and um, fix some of the. Uh, the controls and things like that. Um, so that should be really fun. It's going to be co-op with my Remember, friends Breck. Shoot at the knees, roundhouse. Shoot at the knees, roundhouse knife. Yeah, That's what I keep hearing. Or uh, knife the or, knees. Or as so. I like to do it. Uh, Getting the German suplex. In the, in the, against the Ganados. Um, but the same principle. Um, as I like uh, to say, when they're down, wipe the ass. Wipe the ass. Wipe the ass. Because it looks like... <laughs> yeah, just Wax on, wax off. Um always do that okay. you should luckily it has dynamic difficulty so you should be fine just don't stress just take your deaths one thing at a time Tyler take the L's you can follow me on Twitter at HeyIt'sHotTie check the pinned tweet to take you to my YouTube channel Home Attire Shoes Reviews where I review old ass fighting games for your pleasure the new video is coming out rather well I should say uh, well the script writing process of it anyway I haven't gotten to actual editing but it'll come out when it comes out. Uh, on the cinema shot side of things, we have just put out the newest review for uh, Princess Mononoke. Uh, my mind's drawn to blank. Princess Mononoke. Um, we recorded another thing, but we'll save that for. And next you time. can find me at twittercom Iggy and catch me live at twitchtv four. It's Halloween month. We're playing spooky games. Um, the two mostly scary games are Alien Isolation and Prey. Uh, I'm gonna get because um, I never played those games with headphones, so I'm I'm scared. But uh, we were gonna do. Wait for the Joseph oh, emotes to come I'm in at the wrong time. Might see myself shit myself on stream where I have to end the stream because I have to go take a shower. Um, but uh, nice. we're playing Lost of the Luigi's Mansion uh, on Sundays, and hopefully, if everything lines up, me, uh, Thomas, 
Tyler and Justin will all be playing some Luigi's Mansion multiplayer, which neither of us, none of, all of us own the game. None of us have played the multiplayer in the three years that the game's been out. So we're going to try it. Um, it's true. Whether, if, if we can't make it, I just play Luigi's Mansions anyways, so it, it, nothing changes. Uh, but hopefully we can do that because I really want to try the multiplayer for this game. Um, and mm-hmm. then on Sunday, uh, this Sunday, we were supposed to do RE4 professional run except i don't have that mode unlocked on my console version my switch version so um and i don't have the pc version or anything like that and it's not on sale for five dollars and i should i knew i should have bought it i knew i should have bought it um but if i bought it i would have had the same problem so it doesn't matter um uh but uh instead i've decided we're i'm gonna play inside uh, the same people who made limbo i've never played inside i've played limbo i've never beaten limbo because i just got tired with it but uh inside it it seems relatively creepy um i'm gonna be playing it uh on sundays and if we it's a short game so we'll probably play something else after that but there you go uh that's gonna do everybody we'll see you all next time uh until next time stay charged